0: listening to the Myers and Stroot Podcast. Your source for poor advice. Yeah,
1: with me. Useless
0: information. Works for me. And oh, uh, did we mention fantasy football? With your hosts, Nate Myers and Tony Stroot.
1: All right, we're back for uh, session two, the AFC. We got myself, uh, co-partner, uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Tony Stroot. I wish you could see what Hi. he looks like in this podcast. Um, I the, the best handlebars. Yeah, yeah, handlebars and somebody that stuck their finger in a light socket. And <laughs> so what's, yeah, what's Doc from uh, Back to the Future? That's uh, kind of like a hillbilly Doc. Um, hey, it's a compliment, though. I, I,
0: I looked. I looked up the last time that I got a haircut. I looked at my credit card statements. It was March sixth, so I'm coming up on six months now. And I mean, this might not look like it's got six six months worth of hair, but it, it's 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 working out for me. And like I say, every time we do this, and it's like, fuck, why not? And I don't get too many chances to to grow my my hair out and look like a complete dipshit, so uh, I'm, I'm taking full advantage of this opportunity
1: mission accomplished well, we've got i guess yes <laughs> be uh, we'd be failing everybody if we didn't say we had andrew on the podcast with this obviously that's the uh the accent you hear in the background uh, happy happy hump day guys <laughs> yeah happy non uh hurricane day hopefully mm-hmm. uh,
0: should be here in about six hours give or take at least the early winds and early rain from it right coming in around 3 o'clock in the morning is what they're saying
2: I hope so. I, I, I went in the backyard, put all the furniture up, got the vehicles in the garage, did everything, and just keep looking at the forecast and it's sunny skies. Yeah.
0: It's like, we better get a fucking hurricane. I've been working my ass <laughs> off to plan for it. Honestly. Yeah, I think it's... Andrew how, well, Andrew, how long have you been in, uh, in the Houston area? Like, Have you gotten a chance to experience a, a decent hurricane, or is this really going to be your first one? No, I mean, no.
2: Several. I've Har- been in since 2002.
0: Oh, okay. So, okay. So, yeah, you, you got to experience Rita and you got to, you were here for Ike and all that then.
2: Yeah, Harvey a few years ago.
0: Well, Har- Harvey was kind of its own beast where it was just a shitload of rain. Uh, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. a hurricane in its own right, but just not a traditional heavy winds, all the, the traditional hurricane stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I honestly haven't been part of any of them. Uh, I, I moved here in 2008, so I, I, I got to be here for ike but we actually evacuated to new orleans of all places i think the place you'd want to go when a hurricane's attacking the gulf probably new orleans is pretty low on that list but uh we had some friends that were living over in uh, in that area at the time so so we went to stay in in covington louisiana then we, we, spent, we spent the weekend in new orleans um by the time we got back here everything was i wouldn't say back to normal everybody was without power but at least the the major Major storm had already kind of gone through, but mm-hmm. yeah, th- this is my first kind of from from what they're saying the first legit hurricane with the, the heavy winds and and some potential for for actual damage instead of just rainfall. Yeah, we'll see. what about you, Nate?
1: Um, I was here through Harvey, and I, I mean that I know it wasn't a massive uh, quote unquote hurricane with the wind gusts and stuff, but I mean that still was wild. I mean, <laughs> all i don't know that that was insane that for those few days and i mean even all the tornadoes that ripped through sure um yeah that was an experience for for us but that was that's the only one i've really been here for i've i've been either out of houston or is up north in dallas or in austin or Mm -hmm. just somewhere else so i feel fortunate we haven't seen a massive one roll through but you know it is is it is it bad that when you see these things coming through there's even though you don't want it to come here, there's a part of you that's kind of like, I kind of bring it on. Yeah, it's me. It's me. Why are you going to Louisiana? <laughs> like, but at well, the same time, it's, like, that's, it's a horrible thing
0: to say. Yeah. Well, I think especially with how 2020 is gone, like you almost feel like you'd be missing out if you don't get to experience a damn hurricane. Throughout, it's like, hey, well, we the the murder hornets were a complete flop. I, I got excited for those, uh, but yeah, we, we get this. I mean, there were the. The Australian wildfires, the potential World War Three with Iran, obviously COVID, um, and everything between now and then. I think a, a hurricane will really just kind of wrap up this part of the year pretty nicely. Yeah, don't forget aliens had some aliens confirmed I think twice now I think they had two different instances of it where they said yeah mm-hmm. no big deal we, 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 you yeah. know and people kind of brushed it off because it was really minor news for this year that would kind yeah. of blow people out of the water any other year but yeah. we found you know, when I saw that out of this earth <laughs> yeah. well seeing uh, two different hurricanes coming that might form where, where it's not going to happen now but when they were saying yeah it might form into this giant weather super event. Storm. Would be com- yeah, well, I, yeah, the Superstorm thing. I was like, you know what? Why not? Let it happen. You know, I, I, at this point, I'm kind of running low on optimism for anything else, so bring it on. But football's coming, guys. I think. Maybe. Potentially. Looks like- we're, we're only, what, about two and a half weeks away, in theory. Or three and a half weeks, sorry.
2: It feels like it's really Creeping up on
0: us. Um, holy shit! Yeah, it's actually only uh, sixteen days away from uh, from the kickoff. It sounds like, yeah, it is. or fifteen days.
1: No, I have a few more, a few more drafts coming up. You know, a couple actually this weekend, and it's just those those kind of snuck up to me too. Just you know, some of these more just the season long. You know, just a keeper league and. Just some of the more basic, not more of a redraft format, but uh, you know, those are it's coming up. It is looking real. I'm curious to see how this all plays in with just as college starts kicking off too. And I mean, it seems like everything's heading the right direction. So, yeah, I saw uh, Miami. are going to have, I think, thirteen
2: thousand fans. So that's the second team I've seen. They're going to have fans for opening game. Them and Kansas City.
0: Yeah, most of them are sticking to that like 20 to 25% number uh, of capacity of their stadiums. Um, And that's probably a – I wouldn't say it's a safe number, but it's probably a a fair number that we can start with. And then you can build on that depending on how good or bad it goes. But it's a a good starting point. Uh, I know in terms of fantasy, a lot of people are still really kind of gun-shy. They they don't really want to pull that trigger just yet. They're they're either – Skeptical, the season's not going to happen or they think they're going to jinx it by signing up for a fantasy football league. But I know that a lot of the the single season leagues we wanted to get planned and we'll talk about those, I guess, at the end of the broadcast. But I know a lot of those leagues, people are still hesitant to sign up. So I've got a lot of leagues that I was hopefully going to draft. I think the first one we had scheduled is this, uh, this upcoming Sunday, uh, our first guillotine league. And we're still struggling to get even – one full leak signed up because a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's not going to happen. It's not worth it. I don't want to commit my time and effort to even putting my name on the spreadsheet. But I mean, everything's trending toward a, a season happening. Uh, I mean, I can't promise that it's still going to be going on as scheduled uh, come October and November, but right now it looks like everything's going to start on time and uh, all the teams are on board and ready to go. So as we get closer, hopefully a few more people start to get that confidence that they need to, to get back into that fantasy life. But uh, I don't know what to do beyond that.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping that league fills because I'm uh, like we've discussed before, that was one of my favorite leagues from last year. So um, I'm hoping that over the next 48 hours, there'll be a bit of a rush to get him.
0: If you don't put Mike Boone on your team, I'm going to be, tremendously disappointed.
2: I might it, well you've got rid of that uh, IR slot so it would have been perfect place for, for Mike Boone to sit on my team.
0: So we're talking about the AFC uh AFC teams this this week, right?
2: Correct. That's uh that's what I've got on the agenda just to uh close out our team review. We did the NFC last week. Um before we dip into that and start picking teams. Um you guys want to talk about anything that's currently happening? at Like we said, pre-pod, um, we saw that David Montgomery went down earlier today and it looked like a worst-case scenario kind of injury. And then as the day rolled on, it was he slipped. It's a groin strain. We don't know how significant it's going to be. He might be ready for week one. So it's, it's kind of up in the air. But first name that popped into my head was Devonta Freeman, as there'll be any running back injury this season, that his name will be the first one that comes up.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you think about top-tier running backs, David Montgomery usually isn't going to be on that list. So, I mean, this isn't exactly a a Saquon Barkley or a Christian McCaffrey kind of injury, but it's still the starting running back for the Bears, and that's definitely going to have have an impact on them. Um, I don't know if they're going to – I don't even know who – I mean, they have – Tariq Cohen. Yeah, 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 Cohen, but he's more of that kind of scat back, pass down back. I don't know if they have a, a true running back to to take over for Montgomery um, to take care of those first and second down carries. I mean, it looks like their roster consider, consists of Artavis Pierce and Ryan Nall. I've never even heard of either guy. So, yeah, I don't know if they're going to try to force Cohen into that, uh, that starting running back role or if they're going to look to sign a free agent. But um, either way, I think we all agreed last week that the Bears aren't exactly going to be one of those top-tier playoff teams this year so they, they might just let it go and uh, work toward the future and just let just ease uh, montgomery back into it instead of trying to force them back this year when they're probably not going to be playing for a whole lot more than uh than a good draft pick in 2021 anyway
2: yeah okay um well then if you guys are ready um is there a division of choice that you'd like to begin with
1: Hmm. Come on, Doug. No.
0: <laughs> well, I'm a fan of the AFC South and I know Nate is a fan of the AFC West. So I think let's save those toward the end. Um, sure. I think the AFC East is going to be kind of a dumpster fire. So I, I'd like to start with them. If you guys are fine with that, go ahead. Let's do it. Well, at the top, um, far from a uh, impressive record, I've only got him as the four seed in the AFC playoffs is the Buffalo bills. And that's kind of by default. Uh, they're the, the Patriots are probably going to challenge them. We'll talk about them next, but, uh, I think the bills are probably going to win that division nine and seven. Uh, they added Stefan Diggs uh, as another weapon for, for Josh Allen. Um, they don't have any true superstars at running back. Uh, Devin Singletary that they, they drafted a guy this year. I can't even think of his name. Uh, they've got a solid defense, pretty good offense and with the jets and the dolphins in, in that division, I think that's four wins right there and probably split with the Patriots for five. Um, so I've got the bills winning that division and finishing the season at nine and seven. Also for, for posterity here, they play the AFC West and the NFC West. So that's a pretty tough schedule outside of their division.
2: Uh, I've also got them at nine and seven. Um, the running back they drafted was Zach Moss. And that's right. I know that everyone gets, you know, the nice player updates at this time of the year from the media saying, oh, this guy looks stronger than ever. This guy's in the best shape of his life. <laughs> but there's been a lot of positive reports on him so far. Um, so the one two points of him and Singletary could be interesting. Um, and then adding Stefan Diggs to that wide receiver core with, uh, with John Brown obviously helps. Um, I can see a lot of fancy points coming from this team for sure. And where did you say you, you said nine and seven? Nine and seven also, and I've got them winning the division too. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I like Buffalo. I like Josh, I like Josh Allen. Um, he's just – he's good on the ground, and he makes things happen, and that defense helps support him. So I think adding more weapons to him and then a, a slightly weaker division You know, I mean, like you said, Tony, everybody's a bit of a wild card right now. I mean, I wouldn't say they're a dumpster fire, but it's definitely a bunch of wild cards. We still know what we're going to get out of a lot of these teams. Um, But I, I agree. I I also think that Buffalo is probably going to win that division. Uh, But I'm going to have them one game up at ten and six. Righty.
2: I'll do the honours if you guys don't mind. Um, let's talk Patriots. So I can't remember the day exactly um, when we saw the Adam Schefter uh, update come through regarding Cam Newton, but it, it, it that's when it felt like it was football season. Things were coming <laughs> back when you saw Cam Newton is signed and he, he's on a team now. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I know they're trying to keep the cards close to the to the vest and say oh it's between him and Stidham but I think it's pretty clear it's, it, this is Cam's job um, and it's just going to be interesting to see the Patriots play a different style to I've ever seen since I've been playing fantasy football and, w- and watching the game so um, it's not going to be that conservative approach anymore it should be something a little bit different um, as far as the running backs go they signed Lamar Miller uh, because his injury concerns I believe with Sony Michel mm-hmm. but they've they've also got you know, there's always a plethora of running backs there. James White will be the pass catching back. Rex Burkhead always seems to come in and steal a few touchdowns um, when you don't want him to because no one ever starts him. <laughs> and then, uh, wide receiver, I can imagine the Edelman will be lent on. And Keel Harry should step up in his second year, being in the system. And then, players like Sanu can put up uh, points one in every four or five weeks or so. And... Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty good this year, to be honest. Uh, a lot better than the the projections were before Cam came in. So I've got them 8-8. Uh, eight and eight.
0: Yeah, I think a tie, a quarterback can really make or break your team. I mean, that's obviously the most important position in, in the NFL. So going from Jarrett Stidham to former MVP from, uh, I believe, four years ago, five years ago, Cam Newton, uh, gigantic upgrade like uh, agreed on all points, running backs, wide receivers, uh, tight end. We didn't mention because it's kind of a, a wild card to keep using the term. Uh, they drafted two more guys. It's far from Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez from about a decade ago. Uh, but they took uh, Devin Asiasi and uh, I believe Dalton Keene in something like the third and fourth, or maybe the fourth and fifth rounds of the, uh, of the, uh, the NFL draft this year. And, and rookie tight ends very typically don't uh, amount to a whole lot in their first season so maybe we're not going to see much from them anyway but uh, I'm at least curious to see if if belichick tries to, to make that happen i know that he's a big fan of of utilizing the tight ends when they can play so that should at least uh, add another layer of complexity to a to an offense that's uh, far from predictable in in uh, New England there yeah, I've also got the the same record, same prediction, everything uh, top to bottom, uh, eight and eight and second in in the AFC East.
1: Yeah, they've they've got the players, they've got a proven quarterback, or at least he's proven in the past, and they've got Bill Belichick. I mean, he's he's made so much happen with a lot less, um, which maybe makes me question my my statement of saying Buffalo's going to win uh, the division, but. Uh, I, I just wonder if Cam can stay healthy, if he can throw the ball accurately. Um, I, I'm sure Belichick's going to create some sort of masterful plan that works around him and his talents and his skill set. And if it doesn't work, he has one ready to go first hit him. So, but I'm going to, I'm going to say nine and seven for, gonna say they take a step back.
0: Well, I've got a question for both of you guys. Do you think uh, Belichick is going to kind of let him run wild? Like, um, like um ron rivera did in carolina or do you think he's going to have a more conservative approach and, and make him kind of stay in that pocket and, and do those dump offs and short throws uh, like brady was so uh so accustomed to
2: i i think they'll mix it up i think both of those um yeah. i think they'd be dumb if they just restricted him and tried to make him into a brady there's so much more to his game but also then there's the risk of injury. Obviously, if he starts running all over the place and throwing right. himself around, um, the thing that I'm interested in is Brady's going to want to ball out at Tampa to prove that he doesn't need Belichick, and Belichick's going to want to have a good record this year <laughs> to prove that he didn't need Brady. So it's it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting. So uh, I think they'll they'll utilize Camp's talent.
1: Do you think it's going to be a similar approach, like how, like with Jacoby Brissett and, you know, just, I mean, he, he had the ability to run as well. And it's, but he was, to me, it's kind of similar to Cam, but Cam should be a step up from Brissett, you know, but I, I, I think to answer your question, Tony, I think they'll be, they'll be careful. They got so many pieces around them; they still need to, I mean. That's just what. What's the point of risking it? That's uh, I kind of agree mm-hmm. with you, Andrew. It's just it wouldn't make sense for them to to just run, let them run wild, and for what reason, you know, what, if, what purpose? If,
2: if I remember rightly, that the first game that Brissett played for New England, when uh, was it Brady went down, the quarterback, it was against the Houston Texans on a short week, a Thursday night game. They beat the Texans, and I'm fairly certain he scored like a fifty yard rushing touchdown himself, Brissette. Mm-hmm. So they changed. They changed the playbook in a couple of days for him.
0: Well, well, that was the year that uh, the Brady was suspended for the first four games, right? And that was it. Wasn't uh, the Brady went down? It was um, uh, Garoppolo went down. Yes. Yeah. The uh, Deflate Gate. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the uh, Texans playing against at the time the the patriots uh third string running back who again is capable of being a starter on probably 15 or 20 nfl teams right now but and you know, the, the third best quarterback on the team back then uh was still lit up the texans for just a a crazy game because that's what brissette can do in that kind of offense with that kind of uh that kind of play package yep. so who's going third who's going fourth you got the dolphins or the jets next Jets, 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 Jets. Um,
1: I don't think that there wasn't very many uh, significant upgrades, I think, to the Jets this year. Um, you know, if you want to include Bashad Perryman as somebody that adds some significant value or depth to your roster, um, you know, you lose some speed at wide receiver, your running back gets a little bit older. Le'Veon Bell, um, you have a quarterback that still—he had flashes of of greatness, I think, last year. And then he had, he had the mm-hmm. moment. What was it last year when he had? What, what was it the uh, the illness he had from kissing, probably a couple dudes. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Yeah. Meningitis. I, I that. Is that what he,
1: was it. Was it meningitis that he had?
0: No. No, meningitis can kill you. Um, he had. Oh, Pesidus. yeah, the kissing That's disease. That's what
1: it was. Okay.
0: Mono, <laughs> like mono. Yeah. mononucleosis. We should
2: we should not have looked that up and <laughs> should have just figured it
1: out for the rest of the show. Just guessed every single disease and illness puzzle. <laughs> I mean, so I, I do think Sam Darnold, I think he's going to be a, a good quarterback. I think. I mean, he, last year was I think a challenging year for him. Um, but losing some weapons, I think that that hurts him. They didn't really draft very heavy in terms of pieces. I mean, Denzel Mims, I think he'll be he'll be somebody that'll be able to step up uh and the wide receiver point. And but again, these rookies are question marks. Um, you know, we were just talking about New England and Nikhil Harry, you know, first round draft pick and we didn't see hardly anything out of him. So he didn't do a damn you know, thing. No. No. And I mean it's he still has plenty of time to develop and and show and shine. But, uh, you know, I look at this team and I I feel like, you know, between the quarterback, the wide receiver, their defense, it's almost the same team to me as last year. They just kind of recycled some players. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to say, maybe they, maybe they take a step up and go to eight and eight. um, but I I don't really see them making much a uh, much headway from where they were at seven and nine last year. Well,
0: for me I'm I think there's a lot to talk about with the Jets. I, I don't like them to to start that off. But uh, the, there there's a lot of kind of worth discussing items. I mean, Sam Darnold originally the, the Jets wanted to trade up, so they went from the sixth pick in 2017. They traded with the uh, the Colts to move, move up three spots so they can get Darnold. Gave away their own sixth round their sixth overall pick and also three second round picks, which so far has been a huge, huge bounty for the Colts. Uh, and so far, it really hasn't amounted to a whole hell of a lot for uh, for the Jets. Darnold looks like a bottom third quarterback. Uh, he might continue to develop, but after two seasons, not much. Um, at running back, yeah, Le'Veon is going into his, he has seven years of experience. Um, who knows what's going to happen with him this year? Uh, they've also got Frank Gore, but these guys, obviously Frank Gore is 85 years old, but even Le'Veon is way past his, his prime as a running back. Uh, they drafted, uh, LaMichael P. Ryan and, uh, just another, just a guy kind of running backs. Uh, I, I really do think that Rashad Perriman kind of interesting because he has six years of experience. I mean, he was drafted as a first round pick by the Ravens um, back in about 2014, I want to say, and Nobody ever heard of him. Uh, I remember drafting him in the fifth or sixth round of a couple of fantasy drafts in like 2015, 2016, thinking this is his year. He's finally going to break out. And it never happened. It wasn't until he got onto that Bucks team last year that he finally at least was able to show off what he was capable of doing. Uh, before that, he couldn't even crack a, a roster crack an NFL roster to actually get on the field um so now that he's showing off what he can do maybe that means he's going to get more opportunities on this team without a true kind of number one I mean there's 10 o'clock uh, I mean there's yeah Denzel Mims as a rookie Chris Hogan Jamison Crowder uh no no Michael Thomas's no Julio Joneses, nobody to really kind of steal 140 uh receptions every year so maybe this is the, the right team for him. But again, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot to be expected or to be excited about. Uh, so do
1: you do you sorry. think that, do you think that Denzel Mims and Prashad Perriman make up for Robbie Anderson's departure? <laughs>
0: Uh, Robbie Anderson got injured a lot, so if they can stay healthy and stay on the field, then potentially, uh, I think they're both a step down in terms of talent over, overall. But uh, if they can stay on the field, that might make up for it. Uh, but again, Robbie Anderson, I don't see as a, another superstar either. He's a he was probably the number one receiver on that offense when he was playing, but he wasn't playing a whole hell of a lot. And tight ends the same situation where there's they have a bunch of guys. Uh, Chris Herndon's probably going to be the, the bet, the top guy if he's healthy, but again, same situation. I don't think he played at all last year. Um, he had flashes of brilliance, him and Ryan Griffin with the, previously with the Texans, if they can stay on the field, they can make plays, but I don't have much confidence that any of them will. Um, my record is more indicative of skepticism than optimism or hope. Uh, I've only got him as a five and five and 11 team in 2020
2: is optimistic compared to me <laughs> um just looking at the roster they've got joe flacco at backup quarterback i'm not sure if anyone was aware of that uh and then bringing in frank gore it's just i understand that he's a good locker room guy he's professional uh, good leader for the young guys but yeah i just i don't know where they're going honestly they're very limited they've got chris hogan now on the roster as well it's just the wide receiver called jameson crowder chris hogan Brashard perriman those three guys i mean are they cracking the top two wide receivers in anyone else's <clears> team <throat> really um ryan griffin did well last year but with chris Herndon back he should be the one the focal point tight end i think and i don't know I, I feel like they're going to be playing from behind a lot uh which is going to be tough for donald i see a lot of interceptions for him um if they go to Joe Flacco, then I, I, I don't know what direction this team's going, but yeah, I've got them uh, four and 12.
0: Well, that leaves the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I guess I'll go first, if you guys don't mind. Uh, yep. Two is obviously the, the the one that everybody's excited about, and so far he wasn't doing a whole hell of a lot in, in practice early on, but I, I heard that he's uh, kind of stepped it up in the past couple of weeks. So uh, again, this time of the year, everybody is always optimistic. They think, yeah, they're throwing the ball out of the stadium. They're, they're, every, they're catching everything you throw to them. They're, they're breaking all the tackles, and they're, they're making all the stops. Everybody is optimistic, so I'm going to take, uh, take the two optimism with uh, the same grain of salt. Um, but, hey, it's the first time they've been excited about a quarterback in a long time. Uh, I mean, poor Josh Rosen, I don't think is ever going to find an NFL team that actually wants him to start. Uh, so, that poor guy's got a lot of work to do. And they also still have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's probably going to start the season until Tua is ready. But uh, quarterback as Tua, as the starter, whenever that happens, it, it'll be fun to watch, if nothing else. I don't know if it's going to be a, a successful offense that he runs, but it, it's sure as hell going to be exciting to, to see what he can do. But the, the Dolphins are another one of those teams where they just have a whole bunch of parts without any real leaders. I mean,. Uh, Matt Mabrita can be solid, but he's not exactly a, a top 10 running back. Kalen Ballage, Jordan Jordan Howard, these kind of guys that are solid players, but far from the ones that you want to start on your fantasy football team and certainly not your, your NFL team. Um, when it comes to running backs, kind of the same situation. I mean, they have a whole bunch of players, but... Far, not, not the ones that you got to say, I've got to have that guy. I mean, there's the Devontae Parkers, the Jakeem Grants, Preston Williams, Chester Rogers, uh, a lot of guys that'll probably put up some plays, but that's not exactly going to do a whole lot of work for you. They did, this team is one of the more notable teams in terms of uh, players to opt out. Uh, both Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson, two of their top three, top four wide receivers uh, have both decided to, to sit out for, for 2020 um, as part of the the COVID concerns. So not sure what's going to happen there as far as their impact. Again, they have a whole bunch of other wide receivers that are a slight step down, but it's far from a, a gigantic uh, setback. And then tight ends, again, Mike Chizaki, probably going to be their starter. Then uh, guys like Adam Shaheen, nobody's going to be – all that uh, fearful of on, on, opposing defenses Uh, like the bills. I've got them as another five and 11 team, not doing a whole hell of a lot, but they're also not exactly the, the Washington football team or the Jags that are going to be at that two and 14, three and 13 kind of dumpster fire rocker. So five and 11 for the dolphins. Muted. You're on mute, bro
2: bloody hell what a rookie mistake that was um as i was saying to myself this team is set up for tour um he's not going to start the season but because of the lack of depth at wide receiver i think it's going to be tough for fitzpatrick to win games um either parker or preston williams goes down and the rest of those names are really you know they're not scaring any defenders um i do like mike gosicki to take another step this year But um, I think Tua probably takes the reins four or five weeks into the season when they're they're maybe one and three or 0 and four, even. So I've got them coming in for the season at six and
1: 10. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. I think that's kind of fairly close to where I'm seeing them right now. I mean, I do think Tua is going to be an improvement as long as he can stay healthy, too. Um, you know, with those wide receivers sitting out, I think it adds some fantasy value. You know, if we're gonna kind of flip that into that part with Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, because I mean, that's pretty much what <laughs> you have. Um, you know, and I, I know I was pretty heavy in my investment and late round investments in Preston Williams and dynasty leagues. And, you know, I hope that pays off. I hope he turns into something. Uh, I know he had some flashes. Uh, last year, um, but I even like, I do like Jordan Howard and Matt Breda. I mean, I, I like that combination. I think we talked about it. I, I know we've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast, but Jordan Howard's only 25 years old, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, super young, and he's a good running back. You know, we, we've seen what he can do. Um, so I think they've, they've got some pieces. I don't think they're going to be Amazing. Um, I, I think that they, I think they're going to be five and 11, same as last year. Um, but I think there's actually going to be some excitement around them. You know, it's, it's a team that's improving up and coming, not a team that's just players have quit and left or asked to go somewhere else.
2: Okay. So that is all the teams from the East all three of us have got Buffalo winning that division. So, if we move north, um, north. I shall take the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. <laughs> you, you say that, and I know everyone was optimistic about them last year, but just looking at their team, they're so strong. They really are on paper. Uh, if Baker Mayfield can, can get it right, Everyone stays healthy. The one-two punch of Chubb and Hunt at running back. Odell Beckham stays healthy. uh, as you know, one of the best in the league if he is. And then Jarvis Landry, one of the toughest wide receivers, going across the middle. Um, And then the two tight ends as well with Njoku and Hooper. So they've got, on paper, one of the best offenses in the league. It's now making it click, making it work. Um, And again, health. That seems to be something that seems to strike cleveland down year after year but um hopefully with a new head coach this year they will heading in the right direction i have lost my record for them so i'm <laughs> going to pass this along to one of you two to do your little rundown and i will find my record for the cleveland browns
1: it's it's all good i'll i'll take this one go on second all right I don't know what happened last year with these guys because they, they have a ton of talent, a lot of good players. I mean, I think Baker's capable. And, you know, when you have Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and, you know, Njoku, had on top of Chubb, you know, and then that late Adda Hunt, I I, I, just, I was kind of baffled how they weren't able to make things happen. I think it was, you know, part of maybe overconfidence on – mayfield's part maybe a lack of jelly and some personalities and i hope that last year was a bit humbling for them i think with where they ended up um and we'll see yeah it's i, I think they're going to be much improved so i'm going to say that they're able to actually take a step up and improve this year to uh nine and seven
0: yeah, I, I far from hate the Browns, uh, like you guys have said, they've got a rock star uh, offense at uh, pretty much every position. And then they've got Miles Garrett, who just signed a billion dollar contract uh, about a month ago. So they have the pieces, it's just a matter of whether they can play together or not. Um, i've got them finishing third in the afc north but i've also that's a little misleading because i've got the bills or the the jets finishing third in the east at five and eleven i've got the browns as an eight and eight team uh not the playoffs but it's far from a far from a let's fire everybody uh drop all the players and rebuild this is a team that's capable of getting there i just don't think they're they're there uh, quite yet so eight and eight for the browns 500.
2: So I also have them at nine and seven with a winning record this season. How Convenient. (laughs) You just keep doing your predictions before me.
1: (laughs) I lost my record. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to the Bengals. By Um, all means. Yeah. Yeah. So AJ Green, super healthy, super young. Um John Ross, overproducer, just <laughs> Tyler Boyd, you know, big bodied receiver, able to take any hit. Um Joe Mixon is pretty much like Mr. Consistent, Mr. Health. Um, and then you have Joe Burrow, who's just a totally proven quarterback uh in the NFL. So when you combine all those factors. Uh, paired with the fact they had a, a coach for the past ten years and a, an offensive system they've been used to, um, how can they not be a juggernaut? Um, fuck's sake! Like, I, I'm not sure what to expect. I mean, obviously there's a lot of hype behind Joe, um, and I, what that what that dude was able to do at LSU was pretty damn cool. And he, I mean, he shot up from being a kind of a, a fringe, you know, maybe first, second round pick to the man. Um, and I think it's justified, but, you know, similar to a lot of the other teams we talked about, there's weapons around them. Um, I think it's they're very similar to maybe a Cleveland where you have a solid wide receiver core. You do have a, a very good running back core with Mixon and Giovanni. Um, and, like, Doug buried deep in there, you have Samaj I.P. Ryan. So don't forget about him um, in case you're wondering what roster he ended up on. Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a learning year for Burrow. Um, and he's going to go through the, the the tests of the NFL. But, I mean, he's proven he's a winner. And he I think he'll be okay. Um, I do think that they're probably going to finish this year – I'm going to say 6-10 and 10, uh, for the the Cincinnati Bengals. Why are you shaking your
2: head? Because that's what I have, okay? Yeah, I, I don't want yeah. to ruin the surprise for everyone. <laughs> well,
1: so Andrew,
0: Andrew, you go ahead because I, I've got a much different approach. Uh, I'm going to let you go through it, then I'll talk through my rationale.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm just looking at the I'm, – I'm impressed by the wide receiver core. They've probably got five guys who could start on this team. Um, if you know, AJ Green stays healthy, Tyler Boyd, John Ross. I'm not sure if you guys saw what Alden Tate did last year. He was amazing <coughs> when they were cut down with injuries. Um and then they draft T Higgins as well. So pretty strong there at wide receiver, and they might need it because when you take a look down at the tight ends that they have available to them. CJ Uzma, I think, is the only one that name that I recognize, and he scores maybe one and a half touchdowns a season on average. Um, the running backs, you know, it's it's the same old guys who's been for the last couple of years. So could Joe Burrow spark something in this offense? Probably. Um, I, I could see four wide receiver sets and um, them just going for it. But yeah, I've got them in a six and ten record as well.
0: I think I'm a little more optimistic one because of Burrow. I went from a, who the hell is this guy? Sure. He's on a, a high powered LSU team, but I didn't think he was all that great. But then I actually watched a few of his games and it's more than like, he's not just a system quarterback. He seems capable of actually running a damn offense and um, early optimism out of Cincinnati is sounding like he's the the real deal. He wasn't just a flash in the pan for, for one season at LSU. And um, you might be capable of running an offense. And, and like you guys have said, they've got a good set of wide receivers if they stay healthy, uh, a pretty decent uh, set of running backs. And uh, they also have, I think, worth noting, uh, a pretty good offensive line when healthy. Uh, they've got a couple of first-round offensive tackles, a couple of good guards and a center uh, that are – better than average. I'm not going to say they're a top three, top five offensive line. They're probably top 10, top 12-ish. And if that means Burrow stays upright and the, the running game can get going, that, that can make some moves. But I really think the big difference is what Nate hinted on is uh, getting rid of that head coach of Marvin Lewis. And it wasn't 10 years. He was on the damn Bengals for 16 seasons. Uh, first-round playoff loss after first-round playoff loss after 5-11 and 11 record after 3-13 and 13 record. No matter how bad he was, they couldn't get rid of the guy. And they finally decided to make that cut. Um, Replacing him with Zach Taylor, who's he spent some time with the Rams uh, as a offensive quarterbacks, coach, whatever. I can't really comment on Zach Taylor, but is simply upgrading or replacing Marvin Lewis with anybody else. I see that alone is worth a couple of wins right there. Uh, Then going from Andy Dalton and his backups to the number one overall, uh, rookie draft pick in, in the 2020 NFL draft, uh, from Dalton to Burrow. I see those as two huge upgrades. Um, again, I'm not going to put the, the Bengals in the playoffs or anything, but I've got them as another eight and eight team this year.
2: All right, Tony.
1: I hope Where you can read going? that, by the way. Yes, or was it backwards? <laughs> okay. Anyways, <laughs> okay.
2: Ravens or Steelers, Mister Strootz?
0: it uh, seems like we kind of started on the bottom and working our way up this time. So I'll go the Steelers, who I've got as the second team in this division, and I've got them as a nine and seven team this year. So, uh, Roethlisberger's back. And for how much longer, who knows? He, he can't really have a whole lot of gas left in that tank just uh, with the amount of amount of hits he's taken over the years. But uh, he's going into, let's see, his 17th season now. Same uh, same rookie class as uh, Phillip Rivers and Eli Manning, who just retired. So we'll see how much more time he's got left in him. But still, a solid offense top to bottom. They've got a pretty damn good running game, uh, I mean, starting with – Um, James Conner, but then they've got a couple of guys like Anthony McFarland and uh, Jalen Samuels that can be kind of those backups, along with Benny Snell. Um, Nobody who's going to set the world on fire, but they can always uh, come in for a couple of plays in a pinch. Um, Wide receivers is kind of a wild card, I think. Uh, I mean, Juju showed flashes of brilliance two years ago. Then last year, he didn't do a whole hell of a lot. I don't know if that's because of Roethlisberger being out or if it's because he just kind of... Regress to the mean uh but then they've also got deontay johnson they've also got um chase claypool who they drafted this year and a guy out of clemson who probably nobody is even looking at if you look at their roster deon kane uh, he was a draft pick by the colts and he was cut for really just kind of not trying he kind of half-assed his way through the first couple of weeks and he got cut. Uh, when he was with Clemson, I believe he was uh, on the uh, first team all ACC team for for Clemson. And for that Clemson team, which I think won at least one championship with him, uh, he's got all the talent in the world. 6'2", 200-pound two, wide receiver. He, he's got the size of one of those superstar wide receivers and the talent. This really just comes down to effort. So I don't know if the, the Steelers are a team that's going to get that out of him, but... I think he's at least a name to kind of keep keep your eye on as far as your final pick in your in your draft or maybe even just a, a waiver a waiver guy to have uh, have on your watch list. But he's a guy that if he gets opportunities on that team, I think he can he can produce. So uh, I've got the Steelers second in the division with a record of nine and seven. OK, um,
2: I like them this year, Um I think last year they it, it all went downhill when Ben went down. Um, I, I hold that as the reason behind Juju really failing. He was drafted so high as well, let quite a few people down. But Ben is a wide receiver's best friend. Um, always puts up points with them, so I could see him getting the most out of Deontay Johnson, Juju, and James Washington, and then any of the rookies or, or even Dion Kane coming behind. But two strong tight ends as well, and Ebron. And Vance McDonald, so there's not too many faces on the offense that he needs to get familiar with. It's, it's pretty much the same guys that have been there the last two years at least. So he had a training camp with them last year. Um, so I've got the
1: Steelers coming in at ten and six. So has anybody actually heard any reports on how Ben is actually throwing? Right now? Saw a video,
2: saw a video of him. Well, it's a video, a video oh. him throw, throwing the ball today, and it was like anyone else in the league. It, it, <laughs> there's a lot of fire,
1: fire behind it. That—that's my only question. Is you know what what he went through is? I mean, that's a pretty significant injury for a, a quarterback. Because um, he had Tommy John surgery, didn't he? It was just something with the elbow, maybe in Tommy John. Yeah, you know and maybe you can confirm that while i'm talking but uh you know it's a significant injury even for uh, obviously a pitcher you know and playing professionally so coming back from something like that i know it's a it's a challenging injury and with his
0: age uh tony were you able to confirm in this short period of time yeah i'm, I'm seeing elbow injury i'm not seeing tommy john but yeah i, I think the the important part of when it happened uh, is a big part it happened in pardon me happened in September of 2019 versus say Mm -hmm. Christmas of 2019 that gave him an extra couple of months to fully recover from that so almost a year later he's been said he's pretty much good to go now he made a full recovery instead of having to rush back into it like it would be if this happened in the playoffs or or toward the end of the season
1: well we'll see because I mean that he's been a tank you know through his entire career and he's 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 played really beat up for a lot of his seasons. So, you know, as long as his arm strength, I think is where it needs to be. And he's actually had some time, I think for the rest of his body to heal up, uh, which I think is as much needed. Um, I just, I think every single time that that guy takes a hit, we're all going to be waiting for him (laughs) not to get up. Um, and that's what the season of the Steelers is going to revolve around. Because, I mean, as much as I, I want to say that, you know, Mason Rudolph is a man because he's an uh, uh, OSU cowboy, um, you know, we saw what he was able to do. Um, and it's just they do have some good weapons. You know, we know what James Conner can do. Uh, I want to see what Anthony McFarlane adds to the mix in terms of, you know, a little bit of firepower and speed. Um, and they've got a great wide receiving core. Um, and, you know, Mike Tomlin's a good coach, I think he'll he'll pull all these guys together, um, but it all revolves around Ben and his health. And the second that dude goes down, the Steelers are done. Um, so, I'm I'm going to be optimistic and think that he'll he'll be able to stay healthy, um, and I think they'll be able to to move to to ten and six, but right. they'll be second. The division. Yes, same for me also.
2: Uh to the team we're about to talk about now, the Baltimore Ravens. Um with debatedly the uh most fancy friendly quarterback in the league between him and Mahomes, uh Lamar Jackson. Um surprised a lot of people last year that he was a sleeper pick, I guess, for quite a few experts and just kind of blew a whole bunch of records away with everything he did. All those video game moves, he was uh, performing every week. Um, but outside of him, we know what he's about. He's special, so if he stays healthy, um, he should be able to guide them with little to, to no personnel around him. Um, but they still do have Mark Ingram at running back. Behind him will be kind of interesting. Um, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, who they drafted as well. Um, a wide receiver, this is where I think they're a little bit weak, and this is probably why they've been linked to Antonio Brown a couple of times during the last few weeks, even though he's got that eight-game suspension, obviously. But um, behind Hollywood Brown, we're looking at Miles Boykin, Chris Moore, Devin DuVernay, Jalen Moore. You know, it, it's it's uh, Willie Sneed. That's probably the number two. <laughs> Willie Sneed. And then uh, tight end, that's probably going to be the second favorite part uh, target or the first favorite behind Hollywood Brown is uh, Mark Andrews. So I've got the Ravens coming in with a record of eleven and five and winning the division.
0: Go for it, Tony. Yeah, I've got them one game better at twelve and four, also winning the division. Uh, the AFC North plays the AFC South and the NFC East. And we talked about the East last week, and we agreed that that's one of the the weaker divisions. So when you get to play against the, the Washington football team, that's usually going to be a win uh, than the AFC South. So you also get the Jags on your schedule. Um, I think the schedule really plays in their favor. And, yeah, you say everything about the team. I mean, they don't have a superstar set of receivers. Mark Andrews... Um, and Hollywood Brown are, are going to put up most of the numbers. Everybody else is just just going to be fighting for table scraps after that. Uh, but very solid running game, uh, a quarterback that can make moves out of nothing and a solid defense, solid offensive line, solid intangibles that they're, they're very capable of winning everything, every single game that they play. Um, I think that's going to be enough to get them the two seed in the AFC North or AFC playoffs uh, with a record of 12 and four in the division.
1: I like where your heads at. Um, you know, this roster—they really nothing has really changed. Um, wide receiver core, or wide receiver, wide receiver-wise, from last year. I mean, they still have the same wide receivers. Um, they've added, uh, you know, a third a third-round draft pick and probably a reacher in the sixth round, but it's really the same group of guys. Um, and I think Miles Boykin will step up. That dude was a freak in the combine and I think it'd be his time to shine, but so much revolves around Lamar Jackson's ability to make stuff happen on the ground. Uh, and then when you pair that with Mark Ingram and now Dobbins, uh, and then kind of a little bit of a, you know, your speedster and justice Hill as well. Um, I think it will be fine. I mean, on top of that, they also added, you know, a first round draft pick on a, a middle linebacker a third round draft pick on a, another, another linebacker. I mean, they, they're building up their defense. that was already pretty solid. I think they also brought in Derek Wolf from Denver, um, who was a, a pretty big, he's a big high impact player for the Broncos. Um, I think they'll, I think their team's going to improve, but I think their record's going to get worse than it was last year. Just so I think teams are going to be able to strategize a bit more for Lamar um, and game plan a bit better. But I think he'll end up prevailing. So in terms of record, I'm going to go with 13-3, and three, um, and they'll win the division. Okay, that's all three of us have the Ravens.
2: Okay. Um, which one of you guys wants to take the first team in the South? Mr. Myers that you should maybe
1: leave the, uh, the Colts to, uh, yeah. Miss, miss mustache. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Mustache. Yeah, I'll, I'll go from that. So I'll use the, the Mr. Mustache and I'll go to Jacksonville. Um, and we'll talk, uh, a Mr. Gardner miss you. Um, rocking out, rocking out the quarterback position. Um, I think if Tony were a quarterback, he'd be the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've got some pieces in play there. You know, it's just, he added some momentum last year. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't know what he's going to do this year. I mean, my gut tells me he'll take a step back, but you know, he added some momentum to that team's there. They, they needed a pick-me-up, you know, after kind of a, a failed attempt with, it was Foles that failed there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between DJ Chark, D.D. Westbrook, and the dude that I like, and I've been trying to snatch him up uh, at everything I can. I'll probably botch his name, but LaVisca. Um, Mr. Chenault? Yes. I don't know if you guys have been following him at all or seen videos of this dude or heard about his own players and coaches talking about him. Um, and I'm probably going to, it's going to hurt me whenever we, if we have any more drafts together. Um, <laughs> but this dude's a, he's a real deal. Um, he was picked up in the second round wide receiver from Colorado state. Uh, just Google some stuff on him and watch some of his training camp videos. Um, he's, he's he's a beast. Um, but you you tie that in, Tyler Eifert for tight end. They brought him in from Cincinnati. As long as he doesn't get a, a concussion or some form of injury, I think he'll be okay. Um, you still have Fournette at uh, running back, who I think is fine. They bring in Chris Thompson. Um, who really I think he's a he's a a good pass catching back to to be a change of pace to work with Fournette. Um, so I think really, uh, I think they're going to be, they're still going to be a good team. I mean, they they still have pieces on defense that'll carry them through. Um, I guess my record, um, for them going into this coming year, uh, I'm going to say they're going to finish at, uh, seven and nine. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars.
2: Andrew. I have a less optimistic approach. Um, I do like a a few of the names. Um, I I think, as you said, for Minshew, the step-back team's probably, you know, they've they've got some film on him now. Um, They'll be able to stop his wild man offence a little bit. Although, it's wide receivers, you know, DJ Chark last year, the two of them had a good connection. He also had a good connection with James O'Shaughnessy at tight end before he went down with an injury so he does enjoy the tight end so he's got a at the number two but I've not seen anything on LaVisca I will have to do a little bit of research on that um, mm-hmm. maybe that will that will sway me a little bit in the opposite direction but right now um, I've got them coming in at 4-12 and 12.
0: Yeah, I uh, I have even less optimism for for the Jags. Uh, I mean, th- there's a lot of variables that can go into deciding how a team's going to do. I mean, there's the the talent, there's the coaching, there's the the defense, the offensive line, the the quality of the receivers. I think another one is effort or maybe desire. And uh, this team just has never played outside of one year, which was I think 2017 when they actually were one quarter away from going to the Super Bowl. Um, Aside from that one fluke year where they they almost beat the Patriots in the AFC uh, Championship game, uh, this has been a absolute just trash garbage team uh, for the better part of the last 15 years. And I don't see it as a team that has a true leader. I mean, Gardner Minshew, cool guy. He sounds like he's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if he's really a a proven leader uh, of that team uh that coaching bro, tree f- bro
1: hey, really bro. I,
0: hey i'm i'm loving this uh this this uh stash he's got going on that's what i'm going to talk about here in a second but i don't see that as a team that really has the desire to compete uh i've got them as a two and 14 team i think they're going to be at the bottom of the barrel in the aoc this year however i think from a fantasy perspective i, I think they're going to put up some numbers uh certain players shark especially uh what I really like is the, the new promotion that was, that came out just yesterday. I I think I posted on, on Slack about it. Um, if you draft Gardner Minshew in the first round of your fantasy draft, you can screenshot that with a certain hashtag on Twitter, the Bud Light Minshew draft, and you can get entered for a drawing for a $20 prepaid gift card to purchase one case of Bud Light, which I think is kind of cool. If you want to, tank your entire season by drafting Gardner Minshew in the first round, you at least might get 20 bucks out of it. So if you're in a uh, playing for fun kind of draft, uh, that can be a, at least an excuse. And the other issue is if you, I don't, I don't think you have to draft him in the first round for this part. Uh, just if you have him on your team and you start him uh, and, and you win your championship league uh, or you win your fantasy football league, um, you can get Bud Light for a year. Uh, which is uh, 12 cases of Bud Light. So I guess they think you're going to finish about one one case per per month, or about one can per day. Um, that one might be a little more manageable. I think to to draft Gardner Gardner Minshew on your team, stash him on your bench. If he ends up being a, a decent running, a decent quarterback, then he might be your starter. And if, if you end up starting him at the end, then you can win 12 cases above light. I don't know if that's if they're only giving away one prize or if they're giving away a whole bunch of them, but uh, I got a feeling in some of my, my leagues, I might try to keep them on my roster just for the opportunity to, to do that. So, but yeah, all things considered though, I think that's a bad team. I don't think they're going to win a whole lot of games in the NFL, but I think they're uh, some of their fantasy guys are going to put up some good stats, but yeah, all things considered, I've got them as a 2-14 and 14 team in the 2020 season, which is really not too far away from how they've done more years than not in the past decade.
2: So if you have him on your bench all season, you play him week 16 in your league final to try and win the year's worth of Bud Light or whatever, it's versus Chicago, who could also be playing for nothing at that point. Anyway.
0: <laughs> That's uh, That could be a good team to play against. Yep. Yeah. Good stats uh, there. I appreciate true. that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Jags are finishing third, or Jags are finishing fourth in the division. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump up to my team since, since I know you wanted to, to get my feedback there. Uh, don't have them winning the division. I do have the Colts though as a nine and seven team, finishing second in the division, uh, just ahead of the Texans one game and the one one game behind the Titans. Talk about the numbers with the other teams. I've got the Colts as a nine and seven team, and I would love to be more optimistic on him, but I just can't do it. I mean, Philip rivers, it sounds like he's going to be an okay quarterback. Uh, but like we said before, with the same draft class as Ben Roethlisberger drafted in 2004. Uh, the guy's getting up there in age. He's got more kids than I've got fingers. Um, his throwing motion. If you're not familiar with it is fucking horrendous. Uh, Nate, you've probably watched him a whole lot being an end of AFC South AFC West team's fan, so you know that he has that little sidearm crap. It looks like he's kind of pushing the ball more than he's actually throwing it. Um, It works for him. I mean, he's gotten tens of thousands of yards with that throwing motion, but I I really can't get used to it no matter how many times I've seen him in practice here. It's just obscure, Uh, but good set of receivers. Um, Nobody special. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, I love. He's been on the team for eight years now. He's great, but I don't think he's going to be the the, the top-tier kind of guy. Um, they just drafted Michael Pittman at the top of the second round. Uh, they also have Paris Campbell, who they took in the second round of last year. He actually just got in a car crash yesterday. So I think he's, we're all waiting to see what's going to go on with that. Uh, running game, I think is actually going to be really good. Um, I think we all know how the Colts offensive line is one of the top three or top four in the NFL uh, Marla Mack, who's already been solid. Then they added Jonathan Taylor uh, out of Wisconsin in the second round of the draft this year. I think that's going to be a fantastic one, two punch, but the fact that it's a one, two punch instead of a bell cow is not going to be great for fantasy purposes. But I think real NFL yardage, I think that's going to amount to a whole lot of, a um, whole lot of productivity. Um Tight ends, nobody to write home about. Uh, They've got a couple of players, nobody that's probably going to be starting on on your fantasy team. Okay defense, uh, a lot of players that I love, but I don't think that they're going to really be a a top 10 team in terms of uh, defense as far as yardage allowed or points allowed. Um, I want to be more optimistic on them, but until they get a real young promising quarterback i i just can't get behind philip rivers and maybe that's me but i'm just not seeing it i've got him as a nine and 17 this season though
2: i like them a little bit more than you do and i feel like your fanhood if that's a word might be or reverse jinx maybe could something be, something could to be. That degree. um i i like them if they're healthy T.Y. is huge for them, obviously. Uh, we saw last year when he tried to rush back and he just wasn't right. He'd come in for like 10 snaps a game and he'd walk off the field all frustrated. Um, I had him on a few teams, so I, I had to witness that. Um, but I do like the pieces that they brought in with Pittman and uh, Jonathan Taylor. I don't think he starts a season at running back. I think they give the job to Mac first just out of loyalty, but he'll probably earn that job over the first few weeks of the season. Um but just having an experienced quarterback, I think that'll make all the difference with these guys. So um, Trey Burton and Jack Doyle as well, a couple of solid tight ends, not a single one that you'd probably start, but both of them solid. Um, I've got the Colts coming in at 10 and six.
1: Okay. So I guess question for the the masses, who do you think is better? Keenan Allen or T.Y. Hilton? Mm Hmm. All What's
0: else? the age difference? Comparable. I think it's about one year difference. On. Uh, I think all else equal in terms of pure talent, I would say Keenan Allen's a better, better receiver.
1: Okay. So who do you think is better, Mike Williams or Paris Campbell? When healthy, Mike
0: Williams.
1: It's proven it, Mike Williams. Who do you think is better, Travis Benjamin or Michael Pittman, the rookie? That's kind of probably a,
0: a tough question to ask. Yeah, I mean, week, week one, Benjamin, but I think by midseason, I think Pittman's going to be uh, a solid uh, an okay. improvement over him. I agree
1: with that. Who do you think is better, Hunter Henry or Jack Doyle?
0: Yeah, all, all these come into injury again. Hunter Henry's been been busted up most of his most of his career. So, uh, again, when healthy, I think Henry's a, a clear improvement.
2: He is, but I think Doyle is, Doyle is solid. He really is. I know Ebron took quite a bit from him in the last, what, two years. But when he's the guy, I mean, Andrew Luck lent on him. Brissette was was leaning on him as well. But then, obviously, injuries happen when you get the amount of catches he was getting too. But I I see where you're going with this. And I I think it's kind of tight. Do do you want to go to the running backs? I'm I'm not done yet. Yeah, I'm not done yet. So
1: Marlon Mack, obviously, we have Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. So do we think that, you know, the combination of Austin Eckler... And Melvin Gordon is better than Jonathan Taylor
0: and Marlon Mack. Those players alone, I, I'm 100% behind you. But I think one item that you might be ignoring, uh, the offensive line for the Chargers last year, I believe 30th, and uh, the Colts third. And uh, I think that can make all the, a world of difference for Phillip Rivers. Again, I, I don't like Rivers at all, so I, I don't want to defend him in the least. But at the same time, I think he got the – hell beat out of them uh, behind a garbage offensive line relative to what the Colts can offer. And I think that can make a big difference for him.
1: Yeah. Good. Go Good.
2: I was just going to say, I think this division's a little bit easier than the, uh, the Chargers
1: division as well.
0: Also um, true. Easier schedule to play with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think that you're taking a quarterback who, and to be honest, even though I hated him when, Denver played him. I liked him just because he's, I mean, he was a mouthy competitor, and he would ball out when he plays. Um, and I, I just respected him as a as a player. But I look at the weapons he had in uh, in LA, and I look at the weapons he has now. And I feel like he's downgraded um, with the pieces that he had, and they finished at five and eleven last year. Um, to me, that's. I don't see a massive improvement based on on just simply moving to a better offensive line. Um, so I'm going to say that, you know, the Colts are going to finish at uh, six and 10 this year. Um, and I think just Phillip Rivers, I think he's just a stepping stone until they can find that true quarterback to, to send where they hoped Andrew Luck would, would be right now. All right, let's talk Houston
2: Texans. So probably one of the most controversial trades in recent history. (laughs) Um, I remember getting the alerts on my phone and it was something to the degree of Houston Texans have traded for David Johnson. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Nice. Wasn't expecting the follow up alert, which was for DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, there's no way that you can do the math on on the trade, but they the got a second, second round pick racket. out
0: of it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of
2: course. And then Stephon Diggs gets traded for a first round pick. Okay, yeah. But outside of that, if we just kind of, it's it's hard to you know dismiss. There are actually some decent guys on this offense now. Um, they're going to be a little bit more diverse on third down. The last few years, you knew where Watson was going, right? It was always Hopkins double team, triple team, doesn't matter. It's always going to Hopkins. Now he's got Randall Cobb going across the middle. He's got Brandon Cooks, um, he's got Will Fuller. He's also got Kenny Stills. The biggest question mark surrounding all four of these guys is health. Um, if you can get all four of them healthy all year, which is not gonna happen, then can a defense stop this offense? I don't know. Um, Will Fuller, I think, could be on a snap count limit. Um, it, at least I think it'd be prudent for the Texans to do that, to try and conserve him a little bit and protect those hamstrings. But um, running back, I, I really do like David Johnson. I think he's going to prove that the Cardinals were wrong in um, kind of just benching him last year and, and putting him at the third string running back um, after he came back from that ankle injury. Um, but David Johnson, Duke Johnson, I like that. Um, Deshaun Watson, obviously, is fantastic. Wide receivers health, and then at tight end, it's it's anyone's game. I've heard good things about Cahale Waring, uh, Jordan Thomas, and Darren Fells, and Jordan Aikens. All would shine in different random games last year. So we'll see. Um, I kind of want Bill O'Brien fired, but. It could, it could. This could be a master stroke as well that he's diversified the offense. So I've got them finishing seven and nine on the season, but I don't think that'll be enough for them to fire him, unfortunately.
1: Mister Myers, yeah, I think if they finish seven nine, I think they will fire him. Um, But I don't think they will. I think they'll flip it. I think they'll be nine and seven. Um, you know. with Laramie, Laramie, Laramie Tunsil kind of solidifying that offensive line. And as long as people can stay healthy, we know what Will Filler can do. Brandon Cooks hopefully should be able to to be at least a decent wide receiver. Um, and it's, it's another team of what-ifs. You know, all, a lot of these players have shined at different moments in time. It all revolves around, I think, the offensive line and then Deshaun Watson. His ability to make plays happen, and we've seen him do it before. I mean, I I see no reason why Deshaun Watson can't be in the same category as you know the Lamar Jacksons, you know of the of the league or or what we see, you know, just with some of these quarterbacks that can ascend their team to the next level. Um, you know, he, he has. he's proven in college, you know, what he was able to do at Clemson, um, and then what he's been able to do in the NFL. Yeah, I just I think that they'll they'll be okay this year. They're not gonna be ten and six like they were. They'll be nine and seven. Um they'll be second in the division. Um but they'll I think they'll be okay.
0: Um I'm going to go right in the middle of you guys. I've got him as eight and eight, right at 500. Uh, I mean, there's nothing you've said that I, I, or you've said that I would say also. So, I mean, it's solid quarterback, pretty good running game, uh, diverse set of receivers, aging defense, one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. So, um Bill O'Brien is not a good general manager. I think we've all accepted that and nobody really wants him there, but he's somehow, um, uh, bullied his way into that position somehow. Uh, it's kind of baffled anybody who's both a Texans fan and a Texans hater. Uh, we're all just sitting here wondering what the hell they were thinking, but, um, if they're going to still let him trade away a, a top three NFL wide receiver for a second round draft pick and, uh, beaten up uh, running back who may or may not still be good. Um, teams are going to let him. It, it's it's baffling to say the least, but I don't know. Maybe it'll work out for him. Maybe it won't. I like Brandon Cooks. Um, I liked him with the Saints. I liked him with the Rams. I liked him with the Patriots. Uh, I'm curious to see what he can do with uh, this team in particular. And uh, knowing that he's got a, a lot of other pieces to that puzzle with the Will Fullers and Randall Cobbs and uh, I mean, there's Kenny Stills on the team. There's a whole bunch of guys that they're going to be playing on the same team together for the first time. I mean, with Brandon Cooks and uh, and David Johnson as the, the two big names along with a whole lot of other other uh, smaller pieces like Randall Cobb. And uh, I don't know. I, I, as a Colts fan who lives in Houston, I've always enjoyed Colts Texans games and I obviously root against the Texans and while I'm far from going to be a a Texans fan this year I'm at least excited to see kind of what they could do Um, especially in a year where I'm not all that optimistic on the Colts anyway I'm almost hoping for them to do a little worse and get a better draft pick Um, I don't see the Texans as a as a playoff team but I think they're going to be one of those same middle of the road uh, eight and eight teams this year
2: if this was three years ago, do you know how excited we oh, would wow. be to, to look at this roster?
0: David Johnson, twenty seventeen. Brandon Cooks, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Randall Cobb before he fell off a cliff. Yeah, absolutely. I think
2: he was still still in the Packers that year. I think.
0: So. See, twenty fourteen, when I did my first dynasty league, um, in the second round after taking uh, Andrew Luck in the first round, by the way, at the end of the first round, I thought, okay, I got to lock in my quarterback Get Andrew Luck here in the first round. Uh, s- yeah. Second round. Uh, I was actually on my uh, honeymoon in Hawaii. So I, I sent my, my picks to, to Eric Bond to say, hey, here's the, the next five or six guys Just draft. Whoever the top guy is when I'm up. Uh, Cause I didn't want to slow him down. Just being over in paradise. Um, the top, four or five guys were all gone. Gronk was taken right before Julio Jones was taken right before. And the, like the sixth and seventh or seventh and eighth guys on my list were the the two that were left. And it was, uh, Randall Cobb and then Antonio Brown. And I ended up getting Cobb drafted to my team. Then Eric took, uh, took, uh, Antonio Brown one pick after me. So, up until this last year, I would have been like, this is the worst pick I've ever could have made. Uh, this last year, I'm like, okay, it's not that bad anymore, but it definitely uh, definitely set my team back a while. So, But I've always had kind of a soft spot for Randall Cobb back in 2013, 2014, 2015. He was a solid, solid running back until Devontae Adams really kind of took over that Packers offense. Uh, from the wide receiver standpoint, so I mean, he's he's ten years in the in the league now. He's going into his eleventh season. So again, he's far from a, a spring chicken, but he, he's got the talent. He's got the ability. Uh, so I'll, again, he'll he'll get another team after going to Dallas last year. He'll get a chance to see what he can um, he can do on this Texans team.
2: It'll be interesting.
1: Uh, Nate, do you want to take us to Tennessee? Yeah, sure. So. I don't know. I think Tennessee was a surprise last year um, with whatever they're, with what they're able to pull together. Um, I think mainly what they're able to do in terms of being able to, to make it to the playoffs. And, you know, Derrick Henry went from kind of being a not sure what he can do to slight disappointment to holy hell superstar. Um, what do I need to do to get him on my team? <laughs> and, you know, it's, I, I don't know what just simply changing the quarterback to Tannehill and you know adding some life into that system. Um I was I was real surprised uh that that's what they were able to do. Um I don't know. I mean I I don't know how they weren't able to make that happen with Mariota. Um maybe it's just all about a different level of leadership or the offensive system with variable, or just the the ability to throw the ball versus what Mariota can do. But uh, when you look on paper, Corey Davis, AJ Brown, you know, Adam Humphries, Tannehill, Derrick Henry, you know, it, to me, they're, they're pretty thin. They, they don't have, I mean, I think last year it was definitely a. They over, they exceeded expectations. I think obviously, and now there's some pressure on them, and as much as I I really do want to say that they're gonna fail, and be worse next year, damn it, like <laughs> it's hard. I don't know. I know it's. I'm I'm gonna still put them. I'm going to put them at nine and seven again. And I don't know. I probably flip flopped on what I was thinking earlier, but who, what did I put down for Houston? Was it nine Nine and seven? seven. Yeah. So, and nine and seven for them, I had Jacksonville going to. uh, Jacksonville seven and nine. Okay. And then India was the one that took it. So we're going to have a tie at the top of the, the division between Houston and Tennessee, and I don't know. I don't know who's going to prevail. I'm going to need. I'm going to need to know.
0: Flip a coin, bro. Um
1: Okay. So I said Houston would take second in division last time. I'm going to say Houston wins out division. Uh, I after rethinking this, I'm going to take Houston top spot. Tennessee is going to be tied with them, but take second.
2: all right um i I completely agree with you with the thin offense there's not much really um if they can figure out corey davis which it, it seems strange that they haven't been able to but if they can then it will transform the offense for me um aj brown was a stud towards the end of last season they've lost delaney walker so the uh pressure is probably now on jonu smith to step up at tight end uh the third wide receiver a, a lot of these guys i don't know adam Humphreys from his tampa bay days but um any of these rookies could probably step up we'll see mm-hmm. um they're going to be leaning a lot on derrick henry um and hopefully he can stay healthy he's in a couple of my dynasty leagues so uh, i've uh, i've got the titans coming in at eight and eight
0: The Titans are far from an exciting team. They're, I mean, historically, I think they've been one of the most boring teams where they don't have any f- super flashy receivers, no, no crazy quarterbacks that they can do all those kind of Patrick Mahomes kind of plays. Um, but it works for them. I mean, they, they've got another one of those best best uh, offensive lines in the league, solid defense enough to enough to keep them in games, and. It's wild to see how A.J. Brown came out in his rookie season, uh, late second round pick. And they were thinking he was going to be, I don't know, the fourth, fifth, sixth best uh, wide receiver in that rookie class. And I mean, is are, are you guys in agreement he was probably the clear number one? I mean, D.K. Metcalf maybe, but I mean, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf are probably the, the one, two in, in some order for last year.
1: Yeah, maybe Debo kind of fits in the mix somewhere, fair. too. Okay, but. that's fair. They, they all came on towards
2: the end of the season.
0: But, yeah, he, he kind of lit the world on fire relative to expectations. And uh, I think an interesting part is, I mean, yeah, he's a late second-round pick. Corey Davis, who we're still waiting to have an official breakout, he was the fifth overall pick in the first round back in 2017. Uh, so I'm sure he's got all the potential, all the ability in the world. It's just a matter of him trying to figure it out in that offense. But, Yeah, it took really just going from Marcus Mariota, their former number two overall pick, to Ryan Tannehill, who I was really high on coming out of Texas A&M out of college, and he just never really figured it out um, in Miami. I don't know if that's just a an issue with Miami coaching tree or, or, or what, but once he came to Tennessee, he was able to actually show what he was capable of doing. Uh, again, not a, not a Lamar Jackson, not a Patrick Mahomes, but a very capable, very competent quarterback, and that ended up winning football games. Uh, between Derrick Henry and that very limited passing offense, uh, Derrick Henry, Munster, passing offense, whatever, it's enough to keep him in games. It's enough to beat the beat the hell out of the the Ravens in those, the divisional game, I believe. Uh, And that really caught, I think everybody, including myself by surprise. Um, I don't have them as a, again, a flashy team or a superstar 14 and two kind of record, but I think they've got enough to win the division. Again, Uh, I've got them as a uh, 10 and 16 this year.
2: Okay. So this is the first division we spoke about today. where all three of us have got a different um, winning team. Um, Tony's got the Titans, Nate's got the Texans, and I've got the Colts. And we all think Jacksonville will stink to a degree. So.
0: Nate's got the, the Colts as a worse team than the Jacks.
2: That's true. All right. Let us now travel out west. Um, I think we should leave the Colorado team. Um, to mr myers so mr strut who are you taking
0: oh let's see for the west uh i don't think it's uh, a surprise to say i've got the chiefs on top uh so let's go ahead and start with those guys i mean it's the the sexy pick it's the team that everybody is excited about as far as number one or number two overall quarterback in the nfl um, rookie first round running back in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, out of LSU. And now that Damian Williams is sitting out for the year, he's also going to be like the first, second, and third down uh, running back. So from a fantasy perspective, um, I'm hearing he's escalated himself into the toward the end of the first round in, in a lot of drafts. Um, passing offense, from Tyreek Hill down that they've got a ton of options. Um, Nicole Hardman also put up a lot of touchdowns last year, a lot of long touchdowns and they're, they're saying he's going to do a whole lot more of those now as he gets more comfortable in that offense. But, uh, Travis Kelsey, a tight end. Hey, it's 11 o'clock, uh, Travis Kelsey, a tight end. I mean, they've just got, got ammunition that they've got pieces of weapons for days. And, uh, I mean, it's it's boring to say, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to do well again after they won the Super Bowl last year, but I don't see how they don't. Um, I've got them as the best record in the NFL this year. I've got them at finishing at 14-2 and two and getting the uh, number one seed in the AFC.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I, they're just a solid team. I mean, we saw what they could do last year. Pat Mahomes is just... He's a different level type player, um, so I'll keep it short and sweet for them. I think they'll, I think they'll improve a game. They'll be twelve and three next year. They'll win the division, um, and that's about all I have to say about
0: that. I'm gonna get my calculator out here, Nate. But uh twelve and three, I'm not thinking that's all the games. Sorry,
1: that's what I meant. is thirteen and three.
0: Thank, Thank
1: you, sir. Covid game. Just Um, making sure you're all paying attention there. (laughs)
0: So you might have another tie in there again this year. 12-3-1 maybe.
1: So
2: um, unless Chad Henney and Matt Moore can beat Mahomes out at quarterback, (laughs) it's going to be... His job's probably safe. It might be, especially that contract he signed. But um, I'm not sure I've seen a player go from maybe third, fourth round to instant first round and could be argued as like a top five pick now in Edwards Hilaire. Um He skyrocketed since um, Damian Williams has decided to opt out. Uh, wide receiver calls all the same personnel from last year. So everyone's familiar, everyone knows the playbook, the coaching staff and then obviously Kelsey. No one's, no one's stopping Kelsey. So I've got the Chiefs coming in at 11 and 5. I do think some teams might figure them out a little bit Wow! Yeah. Alright, let us now head to the Los Angeles Chargers as I've been watching these guys on Hard Knocks a little bit So it looks like it's going to be deja vu for Tyrod Taylor um, The last time he was on Hard Knocks it was with the Cleveland Browns and he ended up losing the job to baker um pretty much on the show i think he suffered a hand injury and then never got the job back um i think he's got a couple of weeks maybe with the starting job here before justin herbert takes it over um if the show is anything to go off of all the coaching staff love how accurate and strong herbert tom is um and then it's also probably depend on the record if they have a bad start the season they might um shorten that leash even more on tyra at running back it'll be interesting um Eckler was the passing down back with Gordon for a couple of years before just taking over and becoming Christy McCaffrey almost last year, um, before they made the stupid decision to bring Melvin Gordon back and force some touches. So it'll be interesting to see if they let him take the lead on the job or if they push Justin Jackson in or rookie Joshua Kelly and split the workload there. Um, Keenan Allen stood Mike Williams we know he's about deep ball threat and then it's the number three um I guess we'll see if any of these guys can set up step up but I'm not familiar with any of their names so it'll be a surprise to me as I'm sure it will be to you and then at tight end Hunter Henry it's just about health um on his day great red zone threat um should get you know at least six touchdowns a year but he's just gonna stay on the field so I've got the Chargers finishing the season at 8-8. Eight eight.
0: I see Virgil Green, former Broncos tight end, has made his way over to uh, to the Chargers. Now I forgot about him. He used to be a kind of early season sleeper pick that a lot of people talked about, and he's never actually materialized. No, the, uh, the Chargers, not a whole lot of optimism for him. Um, going from Rivers, who I, I've never seen as a top tier quarterback he's at least a very capable guy who, who knows that team very well uh, replacing him with a, a rookie usually doesn't work out at least in that first season i'm sure long term it's going to be the right decision but for 2020 i don't think it's going to do well, do very well for him I, I remember in the 2004 draft class we've already brought it up a couple of times already that they were really considered three top tier quarterbacks and there were two at the top which was eli manning and philip rivers Then, kind of a couple of steps down, then you eventually get the third guy, which is Ben Roethlisberger. And um, I mean, over the course of their careers, I mean, you can make a pretty strong argument that Big Ben was the the best one of the three. Uh, I mean, he and he and Eli both got two Super Bowls. Ben played in more, played in three. Um, Rivers has probably the the stats, but he never really had the the playoff success Um, in this. 2020 nfl draft there were also three um, three quarterbacks drafted uh early in the first round with uh with burrow and Tua considered kind of one two and then a couple tiers down you finally get to that third guy which was justin herbert he was actually taken sixth or seventh overall by the chargers so it wasn't exactly like he fell pretty far in the draft um, but it still had that same kind of mentality where there were the top two guys and then a, a third guy much further down the list. Will that mean he's going to be the same? It's going to be a lot closer to the other two, uh, like uh, Big Ben was. I guess we'll see. But I know early on the expectations for him are a lot lower than they are for uh, for Tua and Burrow. Um, Losing rivers though, I don't see it see it as being beneficial for him. Uh, even if Tyrod starts for the early part of the year, I don't think either guy is really going to be a, a true uh, a big success story on, on this offense. Very crappy offensive line. They're going to take a lot of sacks, a lot of pressures. They're going to be forced to throw the ball very quickly, uh, or they're going to get sacked a whole bunch. So overall, I see them as being worst in the AFC West, uh, finishing with a record of four and twelve.
1: Five and eleven. That's it. Nah, that's just gonna be a rebuilding year. Um, I mean they've got they've got talent, but they've got they've got less pieces than they had last year. Um you know, and a new quarterback or at least a question market quarterback right now. And you know, I, I just think that they'll I'm not gonna see much improvement. Again, it's a stepping stone. They want to transition into Herbert. Um, and there's, it's not the year yet.
2: I do enjoy their, uh, their defenses look good though, especially on paper at least. Um, quick trivia question for you guys Which team did Tyrod Taylor win a Super Bowl ring with?
0: I'm going to throw out the Browns just, just to get that started there. I don't think he won one with the Browns. Um, Wait a see, Yeah.
1: Let me think on this for a second. Um, I won't Google search anything. Yeah. I'm
0: trying to think of what even, which teams he's been on lately.
2: And, and if you guys want, we can leave this until we're finished <laughs> with the teams Then you can provide your answers. I just don't want to see any keyboard worrying taking place, uh, while we're talking teams. Okay. We'll come back. We'll come back to the answer. So, um, Nate, do you want to take us to your hometown? I'm yeah, gonna that's...
0: guess he was on the Eagles, but that, uh, we can we can revisit that I, just because I'm not gonna be able to think of it otherwise. I'm just gonna lock in the Eagles for myself right now. Okay, we'll uh, we'll talk. Yeah, because yeah,
1: did he play up in Buffalo for a while too?
0: When he rings them, did the Bills win?
1: None <laughs> at all. But I'm trying to think of who he was there before. There was a
2: clip. On hard knocks, and it surprised the heck out of me. And I'm assuming it'll surprise the heck out of you guys too. But
0: I, 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 I looked up the answer now, and yeah, that's that's interesting. He's probably on the Patriots or something.
2: He was the backup quarterback to Joe Flacco in 2012. Yeah, beat the Niners in the Super Bowl. Uh, the okay. okay. Yeah,
1: that yeah. makes. I, I forgot that he was uh, a. Ravens, he was so
0: now for four years.
1: Okay. All right. Well. We can knock out the the Broncos. Um, I think it's another team that's obviously up and coming. I think they're probably a, a year ahead of Los Angeles. Um, you add Jerry Judy, who I think is going to be a stud in the NFL, um, on top of already Cortland Sutton and even K.J. Hamler that they have, I think it's going to be a – that they added, I think it's going to be a good wide receiver. Um, we already – was able to see some flashes of greatness in Noah Fant, Um, and they have a pretty deep, deep tight end roster. One of the, uh, tight ends they have is Albert. I'm not even going to try to botch his last name, um, but he was actually a, a teammate of, of Drew Locke. So they, they have a, a relationship there. Um, so something that might play a factor. Then you add in Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, who was a, an addition this year. So you have this two-headed you know, monster who I think is very similar to Gordon Eckler. I think you know, Gordon Lindsay is con- comparable. Um, then on the defensive side, I mean, they still have a, a very strong defense. Um, if you add in or if you take into consideration Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb. Um, I know they brought in AJ Bouye. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be okay. I think it's going to be a step in the right direction for Denver. Um, I think they're going to end up finishing eight and eight. Uh, I don't think they're going to make waves by any means, but they're going to be improved on, on next year or last year and start moving in the right direction.
0: I've got a little more optimism than you do, Nate. Kind of this, I think it might be the same thing as uh, my Colts pessimism. Uh, I think they've already got those pieces, and I think they're going to work out. Uh, I think partly because, um, I mean, th- their schedule isn't super hard. Playing the AFC East, uh, they do play the NFC South, so I guess that's kind of a half good, half bad schedule for them there. Um, but yeah, th- uh, I think one piece that you you touched on that i think is worth mentioning is philip lindsey i think is a more than just a compliment to, to melvin gordon I, I think he's got to, definitely going to be that good one-two punch for for certain passing downs uh or for certain plays uh, i think that's going to work out really well for him on having those options uh at running back and even though he's a, a rookie I, i'm a really big fan of um of uh, jerry judy so i, I think i'm He's going to put up some some ridiculous uh, rookie stats. And Drew Locke, I mean, he has uh, shown early minor flashes of brilliance, of capability. And, again, I think I'm just a believer in, in what he could do or what he what I think he can get to be this year rather than what he's already uh, proven to be already in the NFL. But uh, I've got high hopes for the guy. Um I've got the Broncos as a 10 and six team, uh, which allows them to sneak into the playoffs as a wild card this year.
2: Eight, you had them at eight and eight. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. It, I think it's refreshing sometimes to just see a roster and see that a team has improved over what they had last year because so many teams seem to shoot themselves in the, in, in the foot. With strange trades, Texans, or by draft picks. Um, when Sanders left last year, I believe he, he got traded to the Niners. Um, Broncos played the rest of the year with Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton as their two wide receivers. They still got those guys, but now they've added Jerry Judy to to complement that. They had Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. The running game wasn't great. They bring in Melvin Gordon. You know, there's little things, there's little improvements there, and like you said, with the strong defense, I expect them to have a pretty good season. Um, so I've got the Broncos finishing up at nine and seven. All right, Tony, do you want to take us to Vegas?
0: Uh, the the first Las Vegas football team. I mean. I don't know. that that That's another wild card. I mean, I, I know that we, we've used the term 15 times today, but the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, um, I think it's going to be another fun team to watch. I, I don't know how much that's going to translate to NFL wins, uh, but I'm certainly going to enjoy seeing what they could do. Um, I don't know. It's a quarterback who's not exactly uh, going to light the world on fire. And then you've got uh, a team of could be's and maybes. Uh, another, I, I talk about it a lot because I think it's a, a, a bigger deal than most probably is the, uh, especially because the Colts have struggled with it. And I saw what happens when they figure it out is an offensive line. And when you have an offensive line that's going to protect your quarterback, that's going to allow your your running game to to make huge holes, and it, it's going to just pay dividends long term. Um, the Raiders have another one of those very good running uh, offensive lines. That's going to be huge for Josh Jacobs. Uh, that's going to be huge for allowing Derek Carr plenty of time to allow play formations to come together. Uh, the The coaching staff has already said that they had Henry Ruggs as their number one uh, wide receiver in the draft from the beginning. Um, I believe they talked about even trading up or maybe using one of their earlier picks to, to get him uh, earlier in the draft than where they took him. Um, whether that means he's the best at best, um, Rookie wide receiver is, is to be seen, but maybe it's the best one for this team. At, uh with the, the pieces they have put together, I mean, Henry Ruggs, Tyrell Williams, Zay Jones, uh, and guys like Nelson Aguilar, held Jason Witten's even on the team this year. So it's it's uh, again not not a lot of world beaters, but it's uh, going to be a lot of potential. Uh, Darren Waller, too, a tight end who was a uh, probably I think the number two or number three uh, fantasy tight end in twenty nineteen um not a superstar defense uh but it's going to be a pretty interesting offense Um definitely not a playoff team but i at least have them down as a uh let's see i've got them down for seven and nine this year
2: you and me both uh seven and nine for me as well um quarterback position is a big question mark for me um I'd read recently, though, that they said that Mariota is nowhere near challenging Carr for the job, mm-hmm. which which doesn't make me think how good is Carr, it makes me think how bad is Mariota. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll just see how that develops over the season because um, it looked like Grudem was getting pretty frustrated with Carr towards the end of last season. Um, love Josh Jacobs, love Darren Waller. I saw Tyrell Williams as, I think, a torn Rotator cuff, something like that, that he's going to try and play through. So that could affect him as he was, I think, the wide receiver one last year. So that could put a bit of pressure on Henry Ruggs to step up. And then what are we going to get out of Nelson Aguilar? Can he catch the ball? Um, big question there. So yeah, seven and nine for me, um, an okay season. But until they get a decent quarterback, I, I just don't see much for this Raiders team.
0: What about Jason Witten?
2: Oh, back a couple of uh, Monday night football commentators getting together. We'll see how that works out.
0: He's older than I am, thirty-eight years old.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's surprising to see how this team has evolved, you know, over the past six years. I mean, even talking this point in time last year, you know, there's so much hype and drama around Antonio Brown um you know and seeing what this team could be with having you know josh jacobs this potential and this receiving core to pair with Carr, and you know having gruden in the mix as well everything was exciting then all shit <laughs> like just that yeah, so just went to just went to shit that's that's pretty much the the only way to say it um and I don't I don't see it getting anybody that better this year. I mean it's gonna be in a new city, which is that's gonna be different. I think that's one thing that also helped the Raiders out, you know, is their their hometown crowd and the the crew that supported them and being in California. Um, you know, I'm sure some of them are gonna travel uh, when they can watch the games. But I think that's gonna play a factor. I I just don't see much success for the Raiders this year. Um, I think it's going to be a disappointing season. Um, their first year in, in Las Vegas. And uh, I'm putting them down at, uh, at six and eight this year.
0: Those definitely don't add up. Two ties.
1: Six and 10. <laughs> six and 10. I'm just making sure again. Just.
0: Keeping us on our toes here, one hour and 43 minutes. I'm like
1: watching these hockey scores going on right now and (laughs) throwing me off on everything. Watching Colorado's playing and baseball and hockey. So it's just.
0: No basketball today. Yeah, no basketball.
2: Okay. So that is the. uh, Yeah, probably none tomorrow either, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, The West is closed out. We've done it, guys. The AFC complete we have talked about every nfl team um just a quick recap um as far as the east goes we all have buffalo winning that division uh for the where am i now in the west we all have kansas city in the north we all have baltimore ravens and then it gets interesting in the south where i have indy nate has houston and tony has tennessee so i have recorded these for our recap at the end of the
1: season cool we've recorded the podcast for i guess historical records as well so (laughs) we've got that to back us up um yeah so i think that's that's really it right now um i say we call it a pod i think it'd probably be worthwhile getting on at some point in time as soon as we can to maybe give one final bit of a burst of life to guillotine maybe it's going to be too late before the draft this weekend um but i'm sure it's going to be worth having a get together to to have maybe one final chat about potential you know redraft league drafts um or just final news and notes before we actually get into the nfl season
0: yeah, I've got a feeling some some leagues might come together at the last second once people realize oh shit an actual football season is going to happen. Yeah, hell let's sign up for a last second league. Um hell I might uh, might even be a, in favor of uh, running a few of those myself like starting and putting those together. Uh, just depends on how things look in these final weeks leading up to the season, but um yeah, right now we're trying to get that fu- that first first and probably only guillotine league uh, set up. Scheduled to draft uh, this win this Sunday, 3 p.m. Central Sunday. Assuming we can uh, fill it up uh, before or by uh, this Friday. So we've got about two days to get that done. Uh, I'm going to keep leaning on my guys. If you guys can do the same, that would be appreciated. Then obviously anybody listening, if you hear this and you haven't signed up yet, then get the fuck on it. Want to get at least one of these leagues together this year. I know that again, this year is going to be far from the the norm for for how we both approach a, a season and how the season's going to play out. But um hopefully, we can k- keep the momentum alive on that on that uh, Guillotine League format. And then uh, come twenty twenty one, when things are back to normal, hopefully, we can kind of blow it out of the water and go crazy with it next year. But um yeah definitely nate i'm in favor of setting up another one of these maybe next week because we're already running pretty late today i don't know if we want to devote a whole lot of time to or talking about our leaks we can do that for a, a separate pod um andrew is there anything else you wanted to bring up for tonight
2: uh my only thing was if, if the six spots we need to fill if we're drafting sunday and what was your deadline that you had in place? <laughs>
0: I mean just so i can give uh, give everybody sufficient notice to let them know hey this is going to happen or this is not going to happen uh i was saying uh 3 p.m on friday so i guess that leaves us what 40 hours from right now give or take uh 3 p.m friday basically toward the end of the work day on on friday and i know with this hurricane that might give us even less kind of time in front of a computer to think about that but if you can lean on your people and i'll do the same on mine tomorrow. And if we can get some commitments, I mean, as long as they're in, uh, we can worry about the money for the league and everything later on, but at least get the names on the list and I'll get the invites sent out from uh, my fantasy league. So we can start getting, getting names on that. We don't have to worry about a draft order because it's an auction draft, but uh, if we can get six more guys going on that uh, before Friday afternoon, then we can make that happen.
2: I I think we can get two each. Let's try try two each. Let's get
1: this league.
0: going. I agree.
1: Cool. All right. So let's uh, let's call it. Yeah, let's call it a night. Let's get some rest. Uh, I'll get this posted tomorrow, and uh, we'll we'll meet up soon. Yeah,
0: stay away from Laura, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Take care, guys. Thanks, guys.